This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Bar 1320. Kings insider and creator of the Kings Beat, James Ham, sitting in with me today. Casey's off. He should be back with us. Uh, later in the week, um, 916-909-1320 if you want to get in. We'll talk about some of the uh, exciting football we saw this weekend. Uh, nothing in the college game. We're just going to choose to ignore that here uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, let's stick with the Kings, though, here for another heartbeat or so. Uh, De'Aaron Fox spoke with uh, Chris Haynes over the weekend. Of course, he announced that. Uh, they've got a little one on him and his wife have a, a a little one on the way, but he spoke in depthly about signing with Clutch Sports, who made that announcement official today as well. And it's the first thing uh, in the article was trying to, and he kind of pointed this out to you too a few weeks ago of of why the move was made, and it's like. Uh, I don't have any intention on leaving Sacramento. Like I love Sacramento. I think he even correlated it to Kentucky and the fan base and how he loves his interaction uh, with the fans. But when, you know, that story that we put out a couple of weeks ago, you know, hit the different NBA sites, it was going to the Lakers, LeBron and De'Aaron Fox, the trade's getting done. And it seemed like his first order of business once this was official, official was to, yeah, that's not happening. That's not what I did this for. I did it for a variety of reasons, and none of them have anything to do with leaving Sacramento. Well, yeah, that and, you know, like it's a delicate situation for Fox, too, because him and Chris Gaston have been really close forever. Like this is like his trainer in high school um, that was his agent. And so this was he called it that night. He called it a level up. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not just about basketball. De'Aaron Fox is going to make. What's he make? Thirty million this year, thirty-two next, thirty-four the next, thirty-seven the year after that, something like that. Um, it's not about basketball side. It's about, I mean, De'Aaron Fox has worn Converse. He's worn Under Armour this year. Wearing Under Armour. He's yeah. currently wearing Under Armour. He's literally testing out shoes. The fact that De'Aaron it's Fox wild. does not have a shoe contract right Insane. now is absolutely incredible. And that's what this is about. It's about making him more marketable. Everywhere. So, you know, he's not left behind while all these other players from his generation, from his draft class and the years around him are getting all this fanfare because they're playing in bigger markets or they're getting television commercials and stuff. And Fox isn't. And so that's what this is about. It's about like doing what's right for him during his career while he's marketable, while he can go out and make additional money and set himself up and his family for generations. And like more power to him. He doesn't want to leave Sacramento. I've talked to him since he was a kid. He's always been like, no, nope, this is perfect spot for me. I'm good. This is this is what was right for me at the time. He wants to win, and that's always going to be something that's that weighs on him. But I would say that if there's going to come a time where he's not in Sacramento, it's very specific that the team has no chance of of getting back, of getting to the playoffs, of getting anywhere. And it's proven time and time again they lose free agents. They, you know, it becomes a snowball effect where you can see that it's just not going to happen here and it's going to be a reboot again. That's where you would see him, like, say, okay, maybe. Um, but for right now, like, he loves it here. And it's worth pointing out, Ben Simmons wanted out of Philadelphia. I don't know that Rich Paul necessarily wanted Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia. Like, Ben Simmons didn't want to be a part of that anymore. Rich Paul facilitated it. The Anthony Davis Lakers thing, you can feel however you want to about that, but I don't think that's a move that Rich Paul was just like, all right, AD, you're signing with Clutch. We're getting you out of New Orleans. I don't think that's the case either. An agent's job is to act in the best interest of their client. And in those cases, I'm confident Anthony Davis was done with New Orleans. He wore a shirt that said, that's all, folks, I think, to his final 
Pelicans game. Like that, it's not like Rich Paul threw that at him and said, "Hey, Brody, put this on." Like that's Anthony Davis is doing. Um, so it's you don't have. I know Rich Paul is easy to villainize because of his association with LeBron James, but if you look at the track, there's probably a number of other agents who have helped multiple players on their client list get off certain teams. That's not unusual. It is the agent's job to do that. And I wonder how much, you know, I want to mention the level up line. That's not a, uh, when he gave you that line a couple of weeks ago, that's not a, a shot at Chris Gaston or that agency. It's just when you hit a certain level, there's only so much an agency that's small, like Chris Gaston's is, can do for you. You need connections. You need You need doors open for you. And while Chris can probably open a lot of doors, he can't open the same doors that Chris, uh, uh, Rich Paul does and that Clutch Sports, the name Clutch Sports does. So that's part of the the leveling up for De'Aaron Fox. And to me, I had a moment, this was last year, but the Kings were so terrible last year, it didn't matter, where I saw LaMelo Ball on TV every five minutes in one commercial or another. It's like, all right, De'Aaron blew Lonzo out the door, but... Here comes LaMelo and has already gotten more mainstream marketing exposure than De'Aaron did. And Charlotte stinks. Like Charlotte, Charlotte's been, you know, humiliated in the play in two years in a row. But those are the doors that Clutch Sports can open for him. Yeah. I mean, he has never had like a, a shameless self-promoter out there like doing his, his bidding. Which you have to have. Yeah. I, you I absolutely mean, have to have that. You have to. I mean, if you are a top you know, 25, 30 player in the league, you have to have that. And so at this point, like, look, I, I think I, I want to keep pointing out De'Aaron Fox, everything is kind of coming together for him at the time that it should come together for an NBA player. He's 24 years old. He'll be 25 in, in December. He just got married. He's got a baby on the way. He's he's taking these huge leaps and bounds. His team is showing that they can potentially compete for a playoff spot. This is a moment where he's just it's all coming together for him. And that's great. I mean, like Kings fans should be applauding this. This is like a really, really shiny moment for him where, you know, he's averaging 25 a game, but he's also like putting up almost 25 every single night. I mean, he's been that good. He's been great for this team this season. And, and even the last couple of seasons, it's not like he's been bad. He's missed some games. Uh, He's had some inconsistencies, but overall you see like a pretty steep, path for him where he's improving and he's he's showing that he's the guy and again like you make a trade because and it wasn't saying that Tyrese Halliburton is not the guy it's just he's not the guy to pair next to Fox and Sabonis was and it's a potential for a trade to work out for everybody and that's so rare in the league Hmm. it it, I, I we we talk about that a lot we use that line a lot and I always go back to I wonder what Monty was thinking that night that he drafted Tyrese Halliburton obviously he was very high on him like that's I mean everyone was just ecstatic but I wonder if the idea was this is going to work with these two or this kid is half as good as I think he is we could net a big return for him and I'm sure you always operate in the idea of this is going to work like this is going to work with our roster the way we have it now but looking at the moves that came later, it made me wonder if, man, did he did he know Tyrese was going to be a great bait piece in in trade discussions? I think I've had enough conversations with Monty that I will tell you that he's not playing just like he's not playing checkers for sure. And like when you're drafting with the 12th spot in the draft, you really have no idea what you're getting. You hope that you're getting something. But you have no real idea what you're getting. And if, like, to test Monty, if you would have been drafting at number four, would you still have taken Tyrese Halliburton? That's when you crush a draft pick. Having a guy fall to you at 12, I don't want to take anything away from him, but he thought he was getting the best player available. Mm -hmm. And he, he was getting the best player available and it's proven out that way. But realistically, if it was Devin Vassell that fell to him, Instead, you know, he would have probably not traded. He would have not made that move because it probably would have been a better fit piece. So I, I think with Monty, you have to look at the the Rockets style of play was to never over 
overvalue your own assets. Never overvalue your own assets. And we've already seen that. The Kings did not overvalue Dante DiVincenzo. They did not chase him with big money. They did not listen to the big talk. If he's going to go, he's going to go. Um, when it came to Halliburton, like you've got, if you have the opportunity to get a 25 year old two time all star, you do it. That's that's the way it goes. And like people say, well, you know, the Kings would have preferred to have Fox go in that deal. I don't know if that's true or not. I can just tell you that if you were to be able to, if you would have traded Fox instead of Halliburton, you would have been good. I think you would have probably been somewhere around as good as you are right now. But you also would have had a player on a rookie scale deal and Sabonis on an $18 million deal and a player who's two years younger in Halliburton. So sure, maybe it like, but that again is like asset evaluation. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how Monty's like, he's been brought up in this league is to manage your assets properly. Do not overpay for your assets and and sit there and make the smart, creative move. But with the long-term like idea, even with, you can bring up Davion when they drafted Davion, what did that mean? That meant right there that one of those three wasn't going to be there long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, Monty needs to lock in on some of the defensive issues that the Kings are having. Um, what will be the spark that turns this around for the Sacramento Kings? And might it be a gentleman in Stockton? We'll talk with James Ham about that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Live on the Odyssey app, live on 1320 AM, 98.5 FM, HD2, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, wherever you are. We appreciate you so much for being with us. Uh, James Ham here with us. Uh, on this game day, as the Sacramento Kings will try to get back to their winning ways uh, beginning tonight against the Western Conference best Phoenix Suns. Uh, we'll dive back into that in just a heartbeat. A lot of great football over the weekend. Uh, started Thanksgiving. All three games on Thanksgiving were pretty compelling. And the NFC East turned the people out with 40-plus million people uh, tuning in to the Cowboys and the Giants there right smack dab in the middle of the day. That's prime football watching time because I found with the early game, there's a there's a lot going on. I, I, I did some of the cooking. There was a getting acquainted with everyone that you hadn't seen in a while. And then the the, the, the late game, the, the, the last game, well, you had ate or you were eating and it was just kind of it was just kind of like background noise. So it wasn't one that I was locked into. But we were locked into that Cowboys. We were locked into that Cowboys Giants game quite a bit. Yeah, I, I love watching football all day on on Thanksgiving. Um, good games. Yeah, we just have rule like during dinner we have to turn the volume off. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I like I don't really care. Um, I, I do watch a lot of sports with the volume off, anyways. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling the Bills. 
Bills, I, I mean, that would have been a hell of a win for Dan Campbell. It didn't, I mean, it, you know, Josh Allen got them down the field in seconds to get them that win. Buffalo, I just, man, I don't know yet. Yeah, they're teetering on the brink of all at all times because that's what it feels like. Anytime you're watching Josh Allen run, you're like, "Oh man, he's going to crush somebody," but you're always running the risk of him getting hurt. And I, I don't think he's done a really good job of developing his running backs or developing a second and third wide receiver. I think he's still over reliant on on Diggs, and uh, there aren't guys. Like, there are certain games where guys have good nights, but it's not consistent enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, was it Dawson Knox or tight end? Like, he he pops up and has a big game and then goes quiet for a bunch of time. And you always, like, you're waiting for him to make some of the other guys a little bit better. I think those are tight ends in general. I mean, it's George Kittle, like, four catches, two touchdowns a week ago. And, <laughs> hey, did George Kittle play this week? Oh, yeah, he did. He just wasn't a focal point yeah. not that it appeared anyone was a focal point of what Jimmy Garoppolo was doing uh in the 49ers win yesterday against the Saints I think the 49ers and the Cowboys are the two best teams in the NFC yeah I I, I, I don't buy the Giants the, the Eagles each week the the Eagles are getting my attention more and more um I like that they I I I, I thought they were impressive last night I, I'm not. I like the Eagles more than the Giants, but I don't like the Eagles as much as the Cowboys. You know, I think the Eagles haven't been on the big stage quite as much, and uh, you know, like I, I love what their quarterbacks doing. I, I mean, they're ten and one. I mean, they're they're really good right now. Anyone who beats Aaron Rodgers, I like. Yeah, I would agree there. And I forgot they have Gardner Menchu hiding on their bench as their backup quarterback. I like Jalen Hurts. And the other thing with them is that every time you're watching them play, you you're like, oh, I forgot they had, uh, I forgot they had Zach Pascal. Yeah, they you got know? players. Like they yeah. do. They have got like a bunch of really good wide receivers. Um, and and again, I, I think that they're they're kind of stepping up. I'll mention this once, and I'll mention it one time only, and then it'll never be brought up again. Michigan absolutely beat the dog crap out of Ohio State this weekend. (laughs) Um, And wildly enough, the way that that Saturday went, the Buckeyes are actually still in contention for a college football playoff spot, while Michigan may have just punched their ticket to the national championship. They get past Purdue this weekend. They're clearly a top probably two team they're probably second assuming georgia handles business it'll be georgia then it'll be michigan which means michigan will play tcu in the opener and child please michigan should run tcu off the field which just punches their ticket to a national championship matchup likely against georgia now what throws them what, what what throws a wrench into all of this is lsu lost Clemson lost, so Tennessee, you know, they 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 lost their moment a, a a week ago or so. So the loser of that Michigan Ohio State matchup, we had long wondered like would they have an opportunity to get back and we thought that the score would have to be relatively close for that to happen. Oh, oh Harbaugh just completely outcoached Ryan Day on Saturday and Ohio State lost all discipline in the fourth quarter. They absolutely deserved to lose that game picking up multiple personal uh, foul penalties. But given the fact that Clemson lost, LSU lost, if USC doesn't get the job done in the Pac-12 championship on Friday night against Utah, that opens the door for Ohio State. Because I I think they'll put USC in if they win. I don't think that they'll put Utah in. Yeah, but I mean, USC is a good team. No, they like, are. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah. they, if 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 they lose in the Pac-12 championship, I think that opens the door uh, for Ohio State to get back in. Which I, I given the performance that they had on Saturday, uh, I'm not sure that they're deserving of that. So we're going to look at at Georgia, uh, Michigan, TCU, and either USC or Ohio State. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, USC wins. They're in like you, 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 so many teams have lost. There really is no other debate. I don't think there's a debate between USC, the Pac-12 champion and Ohio State, who just got run by Michigan. If Ohio State had lost by three. Yeah, there might have been a discussion between a one loss Ohio State and a Pac-12 championship USC. But given the fact of given what happened in, in that game on Saturday at home. <laughs> 
I don't see it happening for Ohio State if USC wins. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tight, especially when you're looking at two one-win teams. Yeah, I mean, one-loss teams, one-loss right. teams. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like of the top ten, there's there's only you know your three teams that are undefeated, mm. and then only a couple of one-loss teams. And you know, I, there's a lot of two-loss teams in the top in the top ten. Yeah, next week will be next week will be fun. Next week will be fun when those when those uh, when those playoff teams are announced. Um, and then, of course, we'll 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 spend this week getting ready. I actually wasn't sure that there was a game tonight. I was like, do they even have enough game? There was a three games Thursday. I was like, wait a minute. I feel like I've seen everybody. It's like the Steelers and the Colts. I'm sorry. Oh, that's forgettable. There's no chance. <laughs> I'm spending three seconds watching that game. That's awful. That's a that's a hard pass for me. But there is a football game tonight, which. Jesse, I think, can be heard here on ESPN 1320. <laughs> it's horrible, but you can listen you to can it. You can listen to it live right here on We've ESPN got you. 1320. Um, Dolphins 49ers is going to be must-see TV this weekend. And who was must-see TV for the Stockton Kings this weekend was my guy, Namias Kata. Big boy. Namias Kata put up 36. 38. 38. Sorry, he scored two more points yeah. last time I saw. I think 38 and 18. Mm. Uh, yeah, on, I, I, I mean, the line was powerful. Like, what in the world? I mean, he had four blocks. He had two steals. I think he had three or four assists. Um, so, like, because I, I deal with the good people of Portugal all the time because they are all Twitter followers. Uh, like the entire country, They're big fans of Jane. Yeah, the entire the entire country of Portugal is big fan of Jane. <laughs> That's right. And he has to regularly answer questions. Many of them join Happy Hour, by the way, which is why you got to be a premium subscriber over at the Kings Beat. That and the Australians. The and Australians. the Australians. Yes, you're big in Australia. I am big in Australia. There's actually a writer <laughs> here today in Sacramento, and uh, he came over and said hi, and like it was like it was fun. He's here getting some uh, having conversations with Della Vadova. There are people up all hours of the. Night and morning to be a part of happy hours, James Ham's happy hours. Yeah, uh, Czechoslovakia. We've had uh, someone in Prague, uh, Joshua in Prague. Uh, Tremendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Kada, like, look, he's so close. He is. Like, I think he's getting better every single day. Uh, that 38 and 18, that was against James Weissman. Mm. He absolutely destroyed him and led his team back. Poor James. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, but you talk about confidence getting shot. You, as we were talking about Keegan Murray, yeah. can you imagine what's happened to that young man's confidence? No, it's not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, not good at all. Like if I were them, I would have tried to bail on him. And even I've I've said that a couple of times. Like if you were uh, the Warriors coming into the season, would you have like even right now? Would you make a call and say, "Hey, we'll give you uh, Weissman for Rashawn Holmes"? And just bail on the experiment yeah. because you owe him a bunch of money next year too, and that's not great. And then you have to make decisions on him. And what are you going to do there? What if you have to do a qualifying offer in his fifth year, and he accepts a qualifying offer like fifteen million, but for them that costs him like forty five million. Uh, you know that's that's crazy because of their luxury tax situation. Since I since I just took a second to praise Michigan. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take another opportunity to do something I normally don't do. I'll praise Draymond Green uh, for something who who's playing really well as of late, by the way. Okay, but said something, and, and I'm not sure if it was. I don't think it was last night. It might have been a couple of nights ago. But he talked about the pressure that those young players are under on the Golden State Warriors. And he he had a great line in that. He was like, you know, when you're in these guys' position, normally you're going to a team that sucks. And you don't have any pressure on you, at least year one, year two, because you're on a team that sucks and you have to figure out a lot of different things. Rarely do you come to a championship caliber team and are expected to have, you know, some sort of impact right away. Rarely do you come to a championship team in which you're trying to blend with the team that still has many of their championship players on it. And I thought that was a great point that I don't know that I've spent a lot of time thinking about the pressure that they're under being on this team and the pressure that Bob Myers and the organization is under with their, you know, they, I, th I, th I believe this phrase has been dumped since then, but it, we've got two timelines. 
we've got our current championship timeline and our future championship timeline. And I think they have been smart enough to get rid of the two-timeline uh, catchphrase that they were using a while ago. But I thought that was a great point from Draymond Green. And it's just when you bring up James Wiseman, it's like, man, that's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a young man who I, I still feel like has something. Yeah. I don't think he's worth, like, giving up on. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I think the the bad part, if you're the Warriors, when it comes to this young group of players, is that they're all high draft picks. So yeah. it's one thing if you're bringing along Jordan Poole and eventually have to pay Jordan Poole. But basically, Jordan Poole has been free for the first three years of his career, right? So even this year, Jordan Poole is making $3.9 million. But when you look at, like, Moody goes from 3.7 to 3.9 to 5.8 5. over the next three years. You're looking at Kaminga goes from 5.7 to 6 to 7.6. And then Weissman, as a number two pick in the draft, is 9.6, 12.1, and then 15.8 qualifying offer. Like, mm. these are really big numbers for a team that has championship aspirations. So even if I pull all those guys right now and we're looking at you know almost 20 million or 18 million bucks between Moody and Kaminga and Weissman this year the Warriors could do so much more with that money right now uh, with you know they lost veteran players they lost Otto Porter this offseason they lost other players in the last couple of years because they can't afford to do it with these young players on the roster but you've got to you're caught in the middle between developing you know, highly talented players with trying to win now and trying to capitalize the last part of what Steph and Clay and Draymond are. So I get it. Like Draymond's like he hits a nail on the head, but that's the game. Yeah. You know, Keegan Murray was talked about it today. Like this is a playoff caliber team. I've I've got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be that that guy. And so whatever minutes I get, whatever happens, I think he was asked about like are you okay if you're missing shots if Mike goes to someone else? And he's like, well, that's the that's the game. Like, they don't let me – I don't get to go out here and just lose games for this team. And that would be another point I'd make. I don't think Keegan Murray that I've ever felt has lost a game for the Kings. Sure. Did he help put them over the hump when they were struggling? No. But at the same time, I don't think he's actually been the reason why they lost any of these games that they have lost. And so that's why you just keep waiting for him to figure it out. And I don't know how we started with uh, Namias Keda, who had a— We brought up Wiseman. Yeah. And I, and I praised Draymond Green and set the whole conversation sideways it, for it's, the remarks he made. Yeah. So so this game that Namias had, 38 points, 18 rebounds, three assists, two, uh, two steals, and four blocks, <clears throat> one turnover. Wow. So, But if you dive into his stats for the season, I, I think people should start to— like pull back a little bit and understand what it is he's trying to do there. They're trying to convert him into a passing big man. So on the season, he's averaging 2.7 uh, assists per game, which is up from like 0.5 last year. So he's taking huge leaps and bounds, or 1.8, uh, whatever it is. Uh, he's taking these huge leaps and bounds in specific areas of the game. He's shooting 40% from three. It's only on on five attempts, but he's still he's trying but he still needs to clean up the turnovers where he's over three a game. He needs to clean up the personal fouls where he's at 4.4. If you put Nemeas Keita on the on an NBA court right now, he's probably going to lead the league in fouls per minute. And it's something he's got to figure out. But if you give him 20, 25 games at the G League level and then bring him up with his confidence brimming and him just going out there, he's not even really this 18 rebound game. It's an anomaly. That's not who he's been. Even with that 18 rebounds over, I think they've played seven games, He that put him up to nine rebounds per game. So he's not rebounding the ball the way he should be. And these are things that you're just going to keep focusing him on and saying, hey, we got to get better here, here, and here. And eventually, I think he can step in and maybe be a guy uh, that can help this team, especially if you either have an injury to Sabonis or you want to start playing the same way with the second unit as you are with the first unit. And right now the Kings can't do that. They still can't do it. Even with Shemezi Metu uh, playing some of the five minutes, they still can't play the same type of offense because they don't have the passing big. So the, so the team is clearly struggling defensively. Do you, are you still 
Are you still optimistic that there's growth for this team on the defensive end? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, okay, okay, uh, I, okay. I'll rephrase it. Is are you confident there's enough growth on the defensive end for this team to get to where they want to go? Yeah, I, I am, and, and it's because we keep seeing this number that that the Kings lead the the league in like close coverage three point makes by the opponent. Is that teams are hitting shots against the Kings because it, it's sort of like the self fulfilling prophecy. You go up against a bad defensive team, and and every player thinks that all of a sudden they're a superhero and can shoot from anywhere, and they start hitting everything. Like you give players NBA players confidence, they're gonna they're gonna torch you. And I'm like, it's always been the situation in Sacramento when you're a bad defensive team. Other teams come in thinking that they're gonna have a good night. And even if you're not a horrible defensive team, but you're still you're beating teams 130 to 120, that means that you're giving this whole group of confident uh, of players who you know guys like let's just look at the the Detroit game by for example, like Killian Hayes came into that game as the worst true shooting player in the league, like he can't hit anything. He comes out and starts busting threes on you. Kevin Knox hasn't hit anything, starts busting threes on you. All of their players who don't usually hit shots hit shots against you. And it's because they come in with this confidence because they believe you're a bad defensive team. And sometimes you make mistakes and that happens. But I think with the Kings specifically this year, like the laws of average will start to work in their favor at some point. Um, It's just win. And how many good teams do you have to play in the first 20 games of the season or 30 games of the season to really be tested? And that's what a lot of this is. They've played a really tough schedule as well. But it's it's not the good teams playing well offensively that I worry about. It's the Lakers who were in a rut until they played the Kings, and all of a sudden they could hit threes like there was no tomorrow. Detroit, same thing, lowest or one of the lowest scoring teams in the league, put up a 200 points close to it against Sacramento. 120-something. But again, and I understand, like Sacramento won, the Kings won in, in, in both of those cases. Like they won those games, but when you... When you look at it at a, at, a, at a more micro level, it's like, oh, all right, it, 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 you know, detail, timeouts after missed defensive assignments. All right, there's still some, there still appear to be some shortcomings on the defensive end for this team. Well, I, I totally agree, but I also say you have a team of offensive players. I mean, that's part of it. You know, I, I remember Elston Turner years ago on the radio uh, when the Kings were amazing and, you know, that he's he's the defensive coach on, like, the greatest show on the court. And people keep saying, how come your defense isn't very good? How come your defense isn't very good? And he's like, well, first of all, net rating is what really matters. So, it, you know, if, as long as you're better offensively than you are defensively, it doesn't matter if you're winning, like, 100 to 90 or if you're winning 120 to 110 or if you're winning 130 to 120 you're still winning by 10 mm-hmm. right so you should always consider that that there it's really about the margin of victory or and if you break down the advanced statistics the difference in offensive rating and defensive rating which gets you your net rating um, but at the same time he kept saying like look if you want me to like have a great defense then maybe go get me some defensive players because I don't have any of those. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the best we can, but the fact is we cannot score anyone, and we're more efficient than anyone, and we beat everyone, and we keep winning the most amount of games. And then you get into the playoffs, and that's where defense really hurts. If you can't play defense in the playoffs, you're going to be in some trouble. you got to get there first. And there's going to be, because I don't think this team is going to pull away from anybody, especially when you look at the mess that is the Western Conference right now, I do genuinely believe that it's going to be something similar to this all year. I think the truly bad teams will, you know, I, I think San Antonio is now falling into the category of a truly bad team. Like those teams down there, they're they're going to separate themselves a little bit, but you're still going to have 12, 13 teams that are, that are going to be competing. And, you know, I know there was a game, there was a year a couple of years ago where Houston lost to someone on like the final day of the season and like six playoff spots like all shifted. No one, it wasn't make or miss the playoffs. It was just like all of a sudden instead of a second seed, you were a sixth seed 
instead of a fifth seed, you were a third seed. Like there was just a ton of movement. I feel like it's going to be that type of year and that type of final week uh, for the Western Conference. And there's going to be playoff-like games for the Sacramento Kings in the final month of the season. Yeah, uh, I, you hope so. I mean, that's that's where they're heading. And and again, I'll just keep pointing this out. You're, what you're saying about like how there there will be bad teams. There's going to be a lot of bad teams this year. The fact that so many teams are sitting right around the same, uh, you know, win loss record, especially in the Western Conference, everyone is sitting around the same win loss record. It's kind of leaving the door open for some of these teams to go. Well, maybe, maybe we're going to get to game 40 and you're going to see a lot of teams. Okay. We, we ain't got no shot. We're, we're done. And that's when you really, you're going to start seeing teams pick up tons and tons of wins, you know, floating around 500 until you can get to a second half where maybe you got 10, 10 games, 15 games against teams that have no chance. That's pretty good. I'm looking at them and I'm guessing they don't have one. There's, there's no way that they have one, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are ten and ten right now. If the playoffs started today, they're out of the they're out of the playing picture. They're out of everything. They should be banned from having a draft pick. Now, I guessing their Rudy Gobert trade uh, bans them from having a draft pick. Period. But all of the jokes that you want to make about Sacramento, how many number one picks has Minnesota had? And they've made the playoffs what twice in the last eighteen years? Something like that. And, well, they made the play in. Did they make the playoffs last year? I thought they maybe they didn't. They definitely they they, they were definitely in the play in. I thought they made the playoffs. Maybe they didn't. It's possible. It's but possible. regard like how many number one picks can you squander? At least they, you could make all of the jokes you want to about the Kings picks. They didn't blow it. They may have blown a number two. They didn't blow a number one pick. And they've you, they've they got the Anthony Davis one right. But I, I think there are a lot of questions about. Uh, everything else that they've done uh, in their time frame to remain as miserable as they truly are. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk more Kings basketball with our 1320 Kings insider, James Ham when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leaders, Dealing with Casey on ESPN 1320. No, back to D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. Appreciate you for being with us wherever you are. It's game day. Phone lines are open for you, 916-909-1320. It'll be the Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns uh, tonight at the Golden One Center. Stretch of some difficult games ahead uh, for Sacramento. Um they hope to, you know, we were just looking at the, we were just looking at the conference standings. You didn't, this, that, that stat, you, the Keegan Murray stat, you didn't say on the air. So can you repeat what we were just talking about during the commercial break that, that Keegan was talking about today? Yeah. He said that he is, uh, that the Kings right now are three and seven against teams that are over 500 and that that's a problem, especially with the, the road trip coming up. That Yeah. The, the, for, for those unaware, the Suns are over 500. <laughs> Yes. They're, they're very, very over The Pacers are over 500. They are. Uh, and then five out of six on the road trip are over 500. So you can't, again, pace it at 30%. Mm. That That's not going to work. Phoenix so, has won four straight. Yeah. yeah they're playing. They, they're, they're playing, and they've won six. They've won six of their last ten. Tonight will be the tenth game, tenth straight game that Chris Paul misses. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was named the Western Conference Player of the Week today, uh, so that'll be a matchup. I think a lot of us are are, are looking forward to seeing uh, Demonte Sabonis and DeAndre Ayton. Of course, James Ham, as we learned today, hates DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> there was actually even speculation in the chat that James Ham would take James Wiseman over uh, DeAndre Ayton in his uh, list of centers better uh, than the former number one overall pick. This is a game, this is a week that Sacramento's going to have to be damn near perfect. I wonder, too, you know, because we were, we were looking at, you know, we were talking about the lack of separation in the Western Conference, and you've been adamant. Like, it might not be there now, but keep looking at it. Like, you're going to start to see it. Like, you know, two weeks ago, San Antonio was in a very different spot. Now San Antonio is at the very bottom of the conference. Uh, Houston has been bad all year. They remain bad. The Lakers are making a move. The Lakers have... 
no reason to remain bad. They desperately want to win, and they've they've put together a string uh, of a couple of games that are worth paying attention to. Oklahoma City was a nice little story at the beginning of the season. They're falling back now. Uh, teams that you're going to have to watch are Minnesota and Portland, at least as it pertains to Sacramento. We've already seen Golden State uh, move up in the rankings. The question will be, you know, Utah's losing at a little bit bigger of a clip than they were to start the season as well, as I think they've lost four in a row. And I think the NBA world is collectively waiting to see if they fall all the way back to where most people thought they would be before the season started. But as muddy as this conference is, you're adamant that just keep checking. You're going to start to see some separation between the very bottom and these potential playoff teams. And the number of teams at the bottom is going to grow a lot more uh, than it is now. Um, but, you know, you, as you mentioned, I mean, Kings, <laughs> Kings beat the, oh no, it doesn't, it doesn't work with whether the, the Kings beat the, the, uh, the, the, the Suns tonight and they're, you know, within a, like a half a game of first place. Yeah. <laughs> that's just where the, that's just where the conference is. But the, 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 this week is so difficult. They're going to have to play some of their best ball. This week, they're going to have to pay some of their best ball headed into this road trip. Uh, and it starts tonight. And I wonder if the season now is kind of settling into form now that we're seeing teams like San Antonio fall back. Now that we're seeing teams like Golden State get it together a little bit. To what degree? We'll see. The Lakers, to what degree are they getting it together? You know, we'll find out. Portland, still solid, but not where they were a week ago. Like they're coming back. The Sacramento Kings, still good but not in the midst of a league-high uh, league seven-game winning streak. I wonder if we're settling into the season now and some of like the, you know, the big highs that Sacramento experienced, like they're gone now. And now you can, okay, we had a nice little win streak. It was really, really cool. Light the beam became you know, the talk of the NBA world for a night or two. Let's settle in and let's do what Keegan Murray said. Let's find a way to beat a good team. Let's get out here and find a way to beat Phoenix. Let's find a way to beat Indiana. Let's just settle into the season because we're in it for the long haul. And for the first couple of weeks, it's felt like a sprint with the four straight losses, desperate to get your first win. And then you, you, you know, you, 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 you trade wins and losses there for a minute. And then you go on the seven game winning streak where you play your first TNT game in you know, three seasons or whatever it was. So I think there were a lot of highs during the first 20 games of the season, and now it's, all right, settle down, and we're in it for the long haul here. Yeah, now it really does come down to, like, hey, can you get wins on when it's tough? Can mm-hmm. can you go beat someone on the road that's a better team than you that in the standings, that, or at least is a, a good quality team? And the the Kings have to show that they can consistently do that. You know, right now, again, they're riding a six-game home winning streak. Can they mm. build on that? You have three games here. I mean, they, they play Phoenix tough. They have for a couple of years. You've got, you know, an emotional game with Indiana coming in, which like, De'Aaron Fox wanted no part of that discussion at all, which I thought was very interesting today mm-hmm. uh, when they talked to him, uh, when we asked him about, like, Buddy and, and Tyrese. Just, no, I'm good. It's just another game. Um, but then you got a, you got a Clippers. Yeah. (laughs) He's totally lying. You got a Clippers team on, on Saturday for like a weird two o'clock matinee, right? That's a huge game for this team. Yeah. And and then the the coming back and playing the bulls, a sub 500 team. There's only, again, out of the next 10 games, I think there's only two sub 500 teams, maybe three. If the, if the Knicks are below 500, like that's, you have to get Knicks are wins. currently below 500. They're yeah, so 11. you get the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Pistons. Everyone else, I think, in the next 10 games is above 500. You cannot keep winning just three out of 10 and, and hoping that you're going to make it through the season. That's not the way it goes. Yeah, winning three out of 10 isn't, isn't, isn't going to do it. That's, that is definitely not going to do it. Um, and when you talk about a team like Phoenix who has such a – good offense and a good defense. Um, and now we know this is worth repeating. Um, Trey Lyles is out today. Yeah, he's out. So that's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's not clutch your chest, Elizabeth, I'm coming home terrible, but it's, it's tough. Like he's a, he's a big rotational piece for them. And like, I don't know what the key to beat a team as good defensively is as 
uh, as Phoenix is past Kevin Herter stays at that 50% plus clip uh, and Malik Monk is the spark off the bench. I think those are two key points that you can look at. Those two things happen, man, uh, and, and everything else could fall into place. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at this on Steam specifically, you have to slow Devin Booker, which is incredibly difficult. Um, and then outside of that, you really, really have to do what you do like well. You need Fox and Sabonis to have really good, solid games. And both of them are coming off games that are okay, not great. Uh, I, I think Fox has really had two of his worst games of the season the last two games out. Um, can he, you know, did he get a little bit of rest here over the two-day break, and, and will he come out with, you know, a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabonis, if you can get Sabonis and get him in the paint and have him start beating up on Aiton again, you know, that's what you need for this team to do. And then you need to open that up uh, so guys like Harrison and guys like Kevin Herter and guys like Monk get these wide-open looks that they've been getting all season. Like, if you work your offense the way you're that they have been doing it all season long, they've got a chance to compete in this game, and they got a chance to win this game. I mean, tonight, I, they are one-point fa- favorites coming into the game. So, like, Vegas isn't usually off by that much. You get three points, basically, for being at home. Um, so, realistically, they think that the Suns might be two points better than them uh, and that because the Kings are playing at home. Like, look, ride this this home crowd. This crowd has been incredible. Yeah. Like even I, I think I just saw like on I think they put an out put out an ad on Twitter sixty percent off all remaining games uh, for Cyber Monday. Go buy some tickets, people. Like this is going to be a really tough ticket to get if they keep winning like this. I'm watching these crowds <laughs> blow up, man. The Pistons crowd. Seventeen thousand, like six eighty eight. That's had crazy. Standing room only tickets. I had like uh, you know over the weekend. We were over the holiday. We were planning Christmas and the plan for Christmas and the Kings play because I'm hosting Christmas Eve. Kings play December 23rd. Yep. And everyone, I want to go see the beam. I want to see the beam. They play the Wizards that night. So I think there's going to be a, a large contingent of my family at that game in hopes of seeing the beam outside the Golden One Center. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I, I know. Uh, uh, I was like, guys, the beam only happens if they win. If so they like, win. just 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 a heads up, just because you go to the game doesn't mean you get the beam. Yeah. Gonna uh, have to get them motivated and locked in to beat the Wizards. I think there might be a Kings fan uh that lives in, in Canada who's coming down for, for that game and, and might be getting some tickets for that game and Oh very good. For yeah. for the December twenty third game. Yeah, yeah. Oh very good. Yeah. So uh a big crowd. And again, that's what you want. Like if you're the Kings like the marketing of the beam only works if you're winning, right? Right. So it's only fun and exciting when you're winning. So you got to keep winning. Yeah. You know, winning yeah. cures all. Well, the okay. beam becomes stupid real quick. Like if you lose nine out of ten, the beam becomes really dumb. Yeah. It's like you know, let's just shut the beam down. Now, yeah. Now for a no, bit. it's not weird. Like how does the marketing work? And yeah, I think someone put out on Twitter today that the Kings have uh, filed for a copyright on the beam. Oh, they they're trademarking. Uh, beam team. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. yeah I mean, it's brilliant. Like it's it's fantastic, but it's a hundred percent accurate. It works when you win. Um, it becomes annoying. <laughs> even if you get a game, like even if you beat like the Rockets, but it's like one win out of five. Oh, it's a stupid ass beam. Come on, let's go home. Stupid beam. <laughs> Shakes fist at beam. And of course, everyone's going to make fun of it. Like, again, our our friends in Boston apparently were, oh, we're trying to win banners, not beams, or whatever nonsense that they were saying on on Friday. And it's like, all right, guys, chill. You live in Massachusetts. I know you're miserable, but knock it off. (laughs) The only worst place to live is Connecticut, so shut up. Yeah. And Connecticut sucks. I can speak from experience. Um, yeah, you're not a fan. I know you're not a fan of Connecticut. I'm not. It's cold. It's uh, everyone. So many people there. I feel like Connecticut is one giant inferior inferiority. Thank you. Inferiority complex. complex. That's what it, like it, they, you either want to be from Boston or you want to be from New York. Okay, but you're from Connecticut, so you're mad about it. You either act like you're from Boston or you act like from New York. But you're from. You don't just New wear Hague. gear everywhere that says, like, home of ESPN? No, you're from New Haven. You're in Bristol, which Brist- as soon as you enter Bristol, all you see is, like, satellites. It's just satellite, 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 satellite. Hey, there's a the big ESPN building. And then you left Bristol. Yeah. 
you get the radis the, the 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 what's the residence in and then the the new one across the street from campus when i say new i mean new like 10 years ago new that's funny yeah uh the struggle is real out there unless it, you're unless you're a big dog and you fly in to do your hit for espn and you go okay have the car take me back to new york city now <laughs> that's what the big dogs do the little dogs you stay at the residence in the Mike uh, Will Bonds and the Big Dogs. Okay, I'm done. Take me back to New York. City. Take me back to the city. Take me back to New Take York. Take me back to the city. Yeah. If the Kings somehow find a way to win tonight, they would be within a game and a half of first place uh, with the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns have uh, a game lead over uh, Denver for the over the for the two seed. Um, so even if Denver were to win and Sacramento were to win, the Kings would be a game and a half out of first place, and first place would be a first place tie with uh, Phoenix and. In Denver. I feel like and I Denver. Don't even Denver place. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 